Trump's going, we don't need a recount, folks. There are millions of illegal votes. Well, that settles it. I got that right. <laughs> oh, yes. Figure it out, Mr. Trump. Or not. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Not scared at and all. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California, up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU in Maui, in Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM, in Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're also heard coast to coast and around the globe, streaming on the Progressive Voices channel, on Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik. Blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for our continuing action-packed, thrilling adventure uh, as uh, as we count down to recounts. And it's always hard for me to talk about recounts because I have to, on the radio because I had to put it in quotes, and you can't see the quotes because it's radio. And the word recount is in quotes because these ballots have never actually been counted in the first place. They've been run through an optical scanner, tallied right or wrong. Who knows? We don't know. Yes, we are continuing to cover the push for citizen oversight of our presidential election and many other elections uh, today. Specifically, at the moment, uh, we're keeping our eyes on Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, where Green Party candidate Jill Stein announced one week ago today on this program that she would be seeking post-election counts. That's what I'll call it for the moment. Uh, you know, you can call them recounts if you want. Uh, but hey, if the votes have never been actually counted by humans, well, anyway, uh, we have just got word that, in fact, Jill Stein has now filed in the third state. That would be the state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan. We'll have details on that filing uh, in a moment. And, never, you know, as everyone else is busy reporting on Trump's latest tweet of the day and other things and otherwise ignoring these attempts at citizen oversight in these three states uh, or they're just otherwise misreporting on it, I will be staying on it as best as I can. And to that end, I want to try to open the phones a little bit today. We're live in the studios here at KPFK in Los Angeles. Uh, so got questions about the so-called recounts, concerns, comments on how they work or don't, etc. I'm at 818-985-5735. 
I'd love to hear from you. Um, I know I've been receiving a lot of questions via email and Twitter, where I am the Brad blog, if you want to try to reach me there. Uh, so give me a call if you have any uh, questions uh, or concerns. I'll see if I have the answers. Lots to figure out as this process moves forward and as the goalposts keep changing, sometimes by the minute. But I'll do my best to let you know what I know. Uh, this week so far on the Bradcast, so far we've, uh, we've spoken with some longtime election integrity champions about their concerns. Uh, election fraud expert Richard Hayes Phillips, for example, he discussed uh, how the terrible reporting requirements for election officials in Wisconsin makes it nearly impossible to figure out where to even look, where to even be concerned if there are concerns. Particularly with same-day voter registration uh, up there in Wisconsin, that's great for voters, but since election officials are not required to report the number of new voters when they issue their results, it means we can't really gauge what the real voter turnout was. And, uh, you know, we've got the current numbers we have. It appears that voter turnout was down in urban areas in Wisconsin, where the uh, disenfranchising photo ID voting restrictions that I've long warned about were in effect for the first time in a presidential election in the state. And so African-American turnout seems to have taken a bit of a hit in Wisconsin. But in the rural areas, for some reason, as the current numbers suggest in any event, we see an absurd 90, 95 percent turnout in some municipalities, some even reporting more than 100 percent turnout. Really? So you can uh, you can download uh, that conversation with uh, Richard Hayes Phillips. Uh, that was uh, from Monday's show. It's at bradblog.com or at iTunes. If you missed my conversation yesterday with uh, Mary Beth Kuznick of votepa.us, she's working on uh, <laughs> it's just amazing the uh, backflips that voters must go through, that candidates must go through in the state of Pennsylvania to get any kind of count anywhere at all. If you missed that conversation, uh, go download it from bradblog.com uh, later after this uh, spectacular show, of course, But uh, because it will blow your mind. It will blow your mind just how horrific the so-called recount provisions are in Pennsylvania uh, where... Literally tens of thousands of voters are needed to sign affidavits in order to get a statewide uh, hand count uh, of whatever they have to count in Pennsylvania, which is almost nothing because the voters in the state are still shamefully forced to vote on 100 percent unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. So there is actually nothing to quote unquote recount in much of the state. Desi Doyen, I know you said after the show uh, I think the word uh, you used yesterday was that you were gobsmacked by that interview <laughs> yeah. with uh, Mary Beth. Yeah, gobsmacked is exactly the word. I was my I, my mind was blown by the arcane and insane rules, these barriers, these huge disincentives mm -hmm. for voters just to try to oversee what's going on and and to verify the tally. Uh, it's it's remarkable. And uh, it, it, it gets more remarkable uh, still. I'll get to this in a moment. Uh, Des, you'll be back with the Green News Report. Yes. Uh, a little bit later and uh, uh, with an update on this, uh, this tragic drought-fueled 
climate change charged uh, wildfires that are going on down in Tennessee where the uh, death toll is still rising there. So we'll have uh, that and much more, an update on the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline fight uh, and even a bit of good news in uh, in today's Green News report. But, uh, yeah, we're, you know, mentioning what to count in, in Pennsylvania. There is almost nothing. Uh, and and uh, because they use those touchscreen systems that I've been warning about for so long. And yet, as I reported also yesterday, uh, hearkening back to a uh, 2011 report at bradblog.com that I have linked on the front page of the blog now, but uh, a forensic study. A forensic analysis was done of the unverifiable voting systems in just one county in Pennsylvania back in 2011, Venango County. It was uh, done by a Republican-majority election board, and uh, they found, once they got past the voting machine company ES&S that was trying to keep them from doing the study at all, they had a couple of computer scientists look at it, and they found that someone, an unknown computer— had been accessing the central tabulator uh, for this voting system in Venango for hours at a time on, quote, multiple occasions, according to the report. Uh, and we don't even know who that was, what computer that was, why they had accessed the central tabulator. Are you troubled by that? You should be. And that was on the heels of uh, problems reported in this county going back to 2008. Some uh, candidates showing up with zero votes and so forth. Anyway, go download that show at Pradblog.com if you missed it. Uh, yesterday I went into detail, uh, or the one the, the day before with uh, uh, Richard Hayes Phillips, uh, on those insanely high reported voter turnout numbers in a whole bunch of rural counties in the state of Wisconsin. But, you know, at least in Wisconsin, they actually have ballots to count, and they could count them by hand. But will they? That's another question that is now being dealt with. As I've, I've been reporting, uh, the original estimate from election officials about how much it would cost to count ballots across the state of Wisconsin initially was a little bit more than $1 million. That's what uh, they had been told what the Stein campaign had been told. I knew that in advance. I knew that actually Jill Stein had uh, mentioned that number to me a few days earlier than uh, last Wednesday when we had her on the air here. Um, I had heard it from uh, other folks as well. That was coming from election officials. Well, on Monday, the Wisconsin Election Commission, which had originally estimated it would cost about $1 million, they said, well, due to recent changes in the state law, now the Stein camp would have to come up with three and a half million dollars just to begin the count. Three and a half million dollars. Now, that count is set to start on Thursday in Wisconsin. Uh, and moreover, many of the largest counties, it appears, will now be doing little more than running the same paper ballots that were run through optical scan systems, they're now going to run them back through those same optical scan computers again during this so-called recount. You know, without bothering to make sure that the computers are actually counting them accurately. They're doing that rather than hand counting by human beings that would tell us for certain one way or another. So that, too, is part of the new election law passed by Republican legislature in Wisconsin uh, last year and first implemented in uh, in this presidential election. Now counties, now it's up to the counties, totally up to them, if they want to count by hand or by machine, completely up to them, barring a court order. 
which uh, the Stein campaign has not been able to get. More on that in a moment. But despite this uh, jacked up price and the, the the lack of hand counts in counties that choose not to do them, I had confirmed yesterday with the uh, Stein campaign that she would, in fact, be paying that three and a half million dollars to the state of Wisconsin to try to figure out how people actually voted. And uh, last night on Facebook, uh, she also announced as much herself, writing that um, powerful forces are trying to block our Recount campaign for citizen democracy. She says we received word yesterday. The final estimate for the filing fee for the recount is three and a half million, which she describes as an outrageous cost increase. It is. Um, She says, but thanks to over 130,000 small donors like you, we have enough money in hand to pay this fee and move forward with the recount. But because of this exorbitant fee increase, bringing the total money required for recounts in all three states to nine and a half million. Remember, she only raised three and a half million for her entire presidential campaign. Now she's got to raise nine and a half million to count the results in just three states. Uh, So she says, we need your help. Um, And she points folks uh, to jill2016.com slash recount to donate at last check. Um, her current total was $6.7 million had been brought in. But it is just obscene that candidates and voters have to raise this kind of money to find out who actually won or lost an election. But uh, barriers like this are not unusual, and uh, some might argue they're exactly the point. Uh, we talked uh, a lot about this, actually, on yesterday's program, about how we've seen something very similar here in California, where the election officials are now allowed to arbitrarily decide how much the count will cost. Stein went on to say, we stand by our commitment to verify that the vote in Wisconsin was accurate and secure, and this exorbitant cost will not deter us. She says, while this excessive fee places an undue burden on our efforts, we are committed to paying the cost in order to ensure that the voting in Wisconsin was accurate. It's another sign of democracy in crisis that ordinary citizens must pay so steep a price in order to assure the validity of our votes. Uh, But she adds the grassroots demand for recounts in Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania will not be stopped. We're looking forward to working with the Election Commission in Wisconsin and other states to see this through. In doing so, we are committed to ensuring that our a secure vote should not come at such an unconscionable cost. As citizens in a democracy, it should be our right. Uh, And indeed, um, I was speaking with a. Uh, an election integrity advocate in Wisconsin uh, late last night, uh, who she tells me that uh, it, it was the um, Act 36 that was enacted by the legislature in Wisconsin uh, in July of last year, in 2015, to make recounts prohibitively expensive. Uh, she told me the uh, the margin in the preliminary results between Clinton and Trump, about 0.75 percent of the total ballots, uh, would have, before Act 36 was passed last year, entitled a candidate to a recount at $5 per precinct or $18,180. That's what it would have cost before the Republicans in Wisconsin changed the law such that it will now cost Jill Stein $3.5 million instead of $18,000. Um, 
She goes on to say that the process used to calculate this fee also stinks. Uh, The Election Commission have, in good faith, I believe, looked back at actual costs of recent recounts to come up with the estimates. Um, But uh, the county clerks were allowed the freedom under this new law to incur pretty much whatever costs they wanted to. She says some, I believe, increase their expenditures to jack up the cost and create disincentive for future audits. For example, she writes, poll workers in Dane County, uh, Wisconsin, are typically paid 10 to 12 dollars an hour for work uh, that is much more skilled and taxing than recounting uh, ballots. Yet the Dane County clerk is offering, quote, $20 an hour, maybe more, in his recruitment effort uh, to get tabulators, uh, which, by the way, is being circulated, she says, by the Dane County Democratic Party, which, in her opinion, should be recruiting for Clinton volunteer observers as opposed to county tabulators. But volunteers are needed. Workers, volunteers are needed in all three of these states. So if you're in Wisconsin, Michigan, or Pennsylvania, um, go to, well, go to Jill Stein, uh, what is it, uh, jill2016.com, and see how you can help out or contact the the Clinton campaign or contact the Trump campaign. Uh, They will also be uh, overseeing, as they should, these, uh, these counts. So um, in the meantime, I mentioned that uh, Stein had filed uh, with uh, in uh, state court in Wisconsin to require hand counts in all uh, jurisdictions. That uh, suit has now been rejected. Dane County Circuit Judge Valerie Bailey Ryan said the effort to force the hand recount, which was in fact backed also by the uh, Clinton campaign, She said it did not meet the state's legal standard for prohibiting the use of machines in the recount, saying that the two campaigns, uh, both Clinton and Stein in this case, did not show a hand recount, uh, though more thorough, she said, was necessary or that there was a clear and convincing evidence of fraud or other problems. The judge said there was good reason to do a hand count but no legal basis for her to mandate it. She said, I follow the law. That's who I am, despite my personal opinions. Uh, She was elected uh, just last month. uh, I'm sorry, just last spring uh, to be the uh, Dane County Circuit Judge. She says, it's the county's decision. It's their decision. I may disagree with that, but I must follow the law. Uh, An attorney uh, said they were not certain whether they would appeal. I think the Stein campaign has decided to not appeal that decision. Uh, But they uh, but they added that uh, we hope that the county boards will take the judge strong statement to heart about the idea that a hand recount is needed here. The Stein camp had brought forward a series of experts in statistics and computer science who argued for a hand count. By describing a number of ways that computer hackers might reprogram voting machines, University of Michigan computer scientist J. Alex Holderman had said, I am a strong I'm strongly of the opinion that a hand count is going to provide a more accurate result. And uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel went on to uh, uh, take a look at some of the differences, the disparities from county to county. Uh, and how different counties were just kind of arbitrarily choosing how much they were going to charge. Tiny Northwood's Iron County is estimating it can do the recount for 20 cents a vote, but neighboring Oneida, or Oneida, I still have to figure out how to say that. Someone let me know. Um, 
Neighboring Oneida County is estimating it will cost $8.46 per vote to count. $8.46 per ballot to see uh, in a single race who the voter voted for. And then, you know, next door, 20 cents a vote. Yes, we see that all the time. I've been reporting on that for years out here in California, and it is routinely used by election officials to stop citizen oversight, to stop hand counts of ballots. For some reason, they really don't want that to happen. The... uh, uh, the state election commission, by the way, according to the Journal Sentinel, said that uh, that they're only going to ch- only only going to charge three and a half million to Stein in Wisconsin, leaving off an additional four hundred thousand dollars in county costs that should have been added to that original uh, three and a half million dollar number, but they were dropped off uh, because of a spreadsheet error. Yes, a computer error. A human error? A computer error? We don't know. But apparently, yes, that can happen. Uh, And it has cost the state of Wisconsin $400,000. Either way, uh, the the cost they would have preferred to charge for counting ballots across one single state, $4 million. Who has that kind of money? It is absolutely obscene. Obscene. All right. Uh, let me uh, get to some of these uh, tomorrow because I want to get to your calls. I know a lot of people are calling in 818-985-5735 uh, with thoughts and questions on all of this. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. Um, but I want to get to Michigan here because uh, within the past hour or two, the Stein campaign has now filed for their recount request in the great state of Michigan. <clears throat> Michigan. Mark Brewer. Uh, the Michigan-based attorney representing Stein, uh, according to the Detroit Free Press, arrived at the Board of Elections with um, attorneys representing the campaign. He brought along a check for the state of Michigan to count there, uh, a check of $973,000. Now, that sounds still like a lot of money, but it's a hell of a lot less than three and a half or four million as required in Wisconsin. Uh, and there's more votes in Michigan to count. It comes down to about $125 per precinct that Stein must pay for that recount, uh, which would begin as soon as Friday in the state's largest 19 counties, followed by smaller counties. Uh, the goal there is to finish by December 10. They hope to finish by December 12 in uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, in Wisconsin. They have to finish everywhere by December 13th because that's the federally mandated date that they have to finish. So how you do all of this this fast? Many states, as uh, Mary Beth Kuznick from uh, Vote PA told me yesterday, many states in Philadelphia, I'm sorry, in Pennsylvania, have not even yet certified their results. So who knows uh, if they should try to count there? In any event, uh, J. Alex Holderman, who I mentioned uh, in the Wisconsin story, he's a cybersecurity expert. He's a computer science professor at the University of Michigan. He's been on this uh, program a number of times over the years. He has hacked one voting system after another. He has been one of the uh, computer scientists uh, begging uh, initially begging Hillary Clinton to file a, a, for uh, accounts and then uh, and then uh, begging uh, Jill Stein to do the same. 
Uh, he spoke, I believe this was right after the filing uh, today in Michigan. He spoke about the need as to why it is necessary to count paper ballots. America's voting technology, uh, unfortunately, suffers from severe cybersecurity vulnerabilities. I know because in my research over the past 10 years, I personally have hacked many of the kinds of voting machines that are used in this country. However, we do have one surefire defense against cyber attack, and that is voting machines where voters get to fill out a paper ballot. Now, the paper ballots we use in Michigan are exactly that. They are a cyber defense. But paper doesn't do any good unless somebody looks at it. Thank you. Attackers who might want to compromise us will know that, that none of them will be looked at, and uh, can just dismiss that safeguard. Fortunately, the recount today will both help increase confidence in the outcome of this election by establishing for sure that cyber uh, attacks have or have not occurred, and more importantly, will provide a defense in the future and a deterrent uh, to any adversary who might want to try to hack future elections. That was J. Alex Halderman, uh, cyber security expert, voting system expert, computer science uh, professor at the University of Michigan. Uh, he was one of the original folks who uh, years and years ago, when I was able to obtain a, uh, a Diebold touchscreen system, he was still a student at uh, Princeton University. He was one of the folks who hacked that system, one of the uh, first hacks of these systems. But, you know, never mind hacks. Errors happen all the time. Voting systems uh, report the wrong numbers all the time. Uh, and we don't know if the numbers are right or wrong until we actually bother to count those paper ballots. Uh, and as I said yesterday, uh, what good are paper ballots if we don't bother to count them? I hear this all the time. Oh, we don't have to worry. We've got uh, paper ba- hand-marked paper ballots. But if no one can afford to count them and if people are fighting to keep you from counting them, what good are they? Uh, yes, you're right. it is. It's a catch-22. Uh, you got all of these people saying, oh, we don't have evidence of problems, so we don't need to do the hand count in Wisconsin. Well, you can't have that's the evidence. The evidence is the paper ballots. You can't get the evidence without the hand count. So, yes, it is a uh, it is a catch 22. Um, And uh, all right. Uh, But let me uh, let's see. Do I have to do I need to get this? Yeah. Well, the Republican Party, of course, in Michigan, uh, uh, they're saying it's a waste of taxpayer dollars. Ronna Romney McDaniel, chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party, said the filing by Jill Stein is a reckless attempt to undermine the will of Michigan voters. Unclear to me how counting ballots undermines the will of anybody. Uh, She said Jill Stein made her one percent temper tantrum official and will waste millions of Michigan tax dollars and has acknowledged that the recount will not change anything regarding the presidential election. This is how people respond when you suggest we should count ballots. Democrats are doing it, too. Democrats, uh, many of them, are against the idea of counting ballots in this in these three states. It absolutely 
blows my mind, but that mind has been long blown, I'm afraid to say. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with some of your calls and much more on all of this. 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. And don't worry, Desi Doyen is also ahead for those of you who may be uh, sick to death about hearing about these uh, about the election. Uh, sorry, bad news. Until we actually know who actually won and actually lost, yes, we will continue talking about it right here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't go away. Hey, this is Brad. Given the outcome of the 2016 election, we really need your support now more than ever. Progressive media outlets have been under attack for years, even during supposedly progressive administrations. We are now facing a whole new world and real alternatives to the mainstream corporate media. You know, the folks who got it all wrong from the jump must be able to continue the fight for all of us. This is not a drill. It never was. Please consider a donation to our work here on the Bradcast by stopping by bradblog.com donate to help out however you can. A monthly pledge is greatly appreciated, but anything you can share will keep us going. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. You can't count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count I will be there. on you like Whether you like it or not, count on me, Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. This is The Bradcast. Thanks for sticking with us here. Our phone number is 818-985-5735. If you have a question about these counts that are about to proceed in three different states in various ways, shapes, and forms, uh, the, uh, the Barbara Simons, uh, who we've had also on this show uh, several times over the years, she's got a great op-ed in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talking about, uh, and, and she is a computer scientist herself. She's uh, retired from IBM Research. She's former president of the Association for Computing Machinery, ACM. She's an expert in voting technology. She's, a bo- she's on the board of advisors of the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission, and she co-authored a book called Broken Ballots, Will Your Vote Count? She says, because of widespread use of computers in our elections, computer scientists are warning that election officials must manually recount the paper ballots as opposed to having them recounted by computerized voting systems. We know that computers can have programming errors, software bugs, or even malware. Therefore, the only way we can be confident in the election outcome is to check the machines by conducting a manual recount, a manual recount of the paper ballots. Uh, She goes on to, uh, as I said, uh, highlight a number of elections in which the computers announce the wrong winners, declaring the losers as the winners, and only hand counts found out. Uh, that, you know, who the actual winner was. She says, uh, for example, in in the 2008 primary in Washington, D.C., thousands of phantom, phantom write-in votes were added to the vote totals due to a defective memory cartridge. But because the city was using paper ballots, 
uh, they were able to go uh, count them and find out the correct results of that election. In 2011, in June, a Democratic primary election in Cumberland County, New Jersey, computerized voting machines in one district attributed the votes to the wrong candidates, declaring the losers as victors. You can check out that op-ed in... um, The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, it's called Why We Must Recount by Hand. All right, let's get to some of your calls. 818-985-5735. Johnny in uh, Phelan, California, I think. Hey, Johnny, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Uh, Brad, I was really gobsmacked when I heard you mispronounce the word Oneida. Oneida. Thank you for (laughs) letting me know. Thank you. The student... The student gets to correct the teacher here. Yes, indeed. I'm, I'm glad I've been saying it for days, and I keep meaning to check, and I, I forget. So, okay, we'll go with Oneida until someone calls yeah. in and says Johnny had it wrong. So what, what's on your mind, Johnny? Um, I dare him. No, um, Brad, I'm wondering about how the ballots get, get counted by hand and be it uh, the initial count or, or a recount by hand. Mm-hmm. Because if it were $20 bills, we can... We can stack them and then just run them through a machine that tells us how many pieces of paper there are. Mm-hmm. But this is like a $20 bill with ones and fives and 50 cent pieces on it, you know, because a municipality might have a bond and they vary from county to county. So, yeah. well, but they're only, more, it's got to be. Well, Johnny, they're only counting one single race. They're counting the race for president. And in uh, uh, Wisconsin, okay. they've got paper ballots that have the names of the voter uh, of the uh, uh, the candidates on the ballots. So basically, uh, if you've got uh, well, you've got at least three candidates. I think there might five or six or whatever. But you basically make a stack on the table. Put the Trump votes in this stack. Put the Hillary Clinton votes in this stack. Put the Jill Stein votes in that stack. Put the Rocky De La Fuente votes in. That stack, the Gary John, and you end up with just basically, uh, you know, five different piles of ballots for this particular precinct, and then you count well, them. You, you've, well, you've mentioned some. I can't think it's a county. You've had a guest on. I think it's a county in Vermont where they do hand counts initially every mm-hmm. voting cycle, and and you've advocated for hand counts mm-hmm. everywhere. So if we were to do that, I'm wondering. How that it work like say not just the recount but the initial count. Well, the the way the, that that ballots are so complicated, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, what I would uh, uh, and, and in truth, they're really not that complicated because you do a similar system to what I just said. There's a number of different ways to do it. Uh, I was you're probably uh, referring to New Hampshire where they do this in about forty percent of the towns, uh, and yeah. they do it at the precinct on election night, and it's volunteers who come and do it with everybody watching, and basically that's that's how they do it. So the, I. I believe in in uh, New Hampshire they do, they do one race at a time and they uh, put the ballots into uh, stacks on the table with uh, everybody watching and then they count them up and they tally them. Um, uh, you can either do it in stacks or you can do it one at a time and basically move through the race. In New Hampshire, it's uh, I believe two people sitting on one side of the table. They agree, oh, this is a Donald Trump vote. They announce Donald Trump and there's two people sitting across the table. Who uh, one writes down Donald Trump and the other one makes sure that uh, they, you know, put a, a, a tick mark in the in the right box there. That's it. It's not all that complicated. It does not take that long. In New Hampshire, those towns are done before the Diebold optical scan uh, optical scan towns are often done. Um, you know, if you do it precinct by precinct. 
I don't believe it's that hard, but we need pilot projects to figure that out and because uh, everybody has different ballot styles around the country. But it would avoid this nonsense that happens every time we have an election and every time there's a close election. And, you know, I spoke yesterday on the show about that uh, state uh, controllers race in California back in 2014 that was a 500 vote margin. And the candidate, the state controller candidate, they don't have a lot of money. They couldn't afford the five million dollars that it would have cost to find out who actually won or lost in the state of California. So, does that answer your question? Well, I yeah. It, I guess if it were precinct by precinct, it'd end up being several million people nationwide. Mm-hmm. If you looked at the entire nation, yep, that we're counting all the hand count. Okay, yeah, that does answer my question. I have a bone to pick with you about another issue, but I'll keep you in suspense until these uh, recounts are over <laughs> with. <laughs> I will look forward I'm to that. Out. Okay, I will look I'm forward to it. And, and I would, and I would ask you about it now, but I got a line full of uh, people here. So uh, thank you, Johnny. Uh, pick that bone with me soon, though. I will look forward to it. Uh, okay, let's go to uh, Julia in Irvine. Hey, Julia, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Okay, my question is, um, as the as uh, Trump starts to get lose some of those votes, mm-hmm. uh, remember in 2000 when Gore was having his recount done, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where he was only behind by 500 votes, mm-hmm. and then uh, the people came storming the glass windows yep. where the count was taking place, and the governor of Florida said, oh, this is too dangerous. We've got to call it off. And Gore called it off, too. So I'm thinking as Trump starts to lose votes in this. Let, let me just correct you there, actually, Julia. Uh, well, the, the governor yeah. of Florida at the time was George W. Bush's brother, Jeb. Uh, and uh, it was the, the folks who were counting who uh, got uh, kind of freaked out by it. The, uh, the uh, supervisors oh. of election. Gore wanted the count to continue. Ultimately, it oh. was stopped by the U.S. Supreme Court. They didn't okay. allow the count to finish. And those people who were banging on those glass doors were all Republican elect, uh, Republican officials who were paid to pretend there was uh, they were throwing a riot. The, they called it the Brooks Brothers riot because they were all in, t- uh, you know, shirts and ties trying to pretend like it was a, a popular uprising. But it was not. It was a fake right. riot to intimidate those people to stop counting people's ballots. And it worked. Right. So how are we going to prevent that from happening this time? Because it will happen again. Well, if it happens again, uh, that's what I guess the police are for. Uh, You know, if we're going to be frightened that bullies are going to intimidate us out of counting our own goddamn ballots (laughs) in a democracy, that's not the way to proceed. I've actually heard people, you know, saying, oh, if you do that, the Trump people will get mad. Oh, imagine if it turns out Hillary Clinton wins. Imagine, uh, you know, well, there'll be riots in the streets. We better not count the ballots. Really? Really? If Hillary Clinton legitimately won, we should not count the ballots because we're afraid of bullies? <sighs> anyway. Okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. I appreciate the the call. Uh, let me go to uh, Mark in Thousand Oaks. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. Um, since the New York primaries, I had probably called about a half dozen times warning of what I, you know, had called the perfect storm. And mm-hmm. what I meant by the perfect storm was the, the protest votes, you know, the Bernier busters, the Jill Stein in the swing mm-hmm. state. And that with a combination of the Chris Kobach inspired, you know, the voter suppression. Um, I, and I hate it when I'm right because it really came to be. 
What I'm wondering in this particular recount, because I don't have a lot of faith, to be honest, in getting votes overturned by the recount, mm-hmm. could this recount, do you have any knowledge, expose the degree in these states of that so-called Chris Kobach voter suppression that Greg Powell speaks uh, of? You're talking about the interstate uh, cross-check uh, database yeah. that uh, right. finds uh, that there are people with the same name that therefore must be the same voters and therefore they must be double voting. Well, I, just, I, just, yeah, just yeah. the first and last, even if right. the middle name didn't check. Right, I know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, would this uh, expose any of that? Uh, Because unless it does, I don't know that this is going to be worth it. Well, uh, that's the problem with voter suppression. Uh, and that's the problem with having gutted the Voting Rights Act. In other words, once it uh, once it's done, it's done. Once you've kept someone from voting, uh, that's it. They don't, they, you know, you don't you don't get another shot at it. That's why the genius of the Voting Rights Act that was gutted by the Supreme Court, the provision, the specific genius provision that was gutted, was the provision that required. Uh, jurisdictions to get approval, jurisdictions with a history of racial discrimination, to get approval uh, for new laws before they went into effect. Because once they go into effect, no, no, I, you're screwed. I think that once they go into effect, it, it's over. But yeah. I'm just wondering if there's any chance that you know either you or someone will be in Jill Stein's ear and saying, look, uh, at, at least we can try to expose it, because maybe... Uh, maybe on that front there might well, be Well, you have to, right now, the fight is to count the ballots. And along the way, however, I'm hoping, and this would be part of, I think, what you're asking about, uh, Mark, which would be uh, provisional ballots that were not counted. So if people were inappropriately purged from the rolls, they showed up to vote, uh, and they were told, hey, you're, you've been removed from the rolls, hopefully, hopefully, those people stuck around and, and cast a provisional ballot, And then you can go back and and look if those provisional ballots were not tallied. Hopefully, uh, the Stein campaign and all of the attorneys overseeing this will will go through those provisional ballots that were not tallied and make sure that they were uh, not people who were inappropriately purged. I hope that answers your your question. But lastly, my understanding also with those provisional ballots is that they, at least in some states, they have to come back within a week with the proper state ID, et cetera, and if not, then those ballots are... Well, those are... Yeah, that's part of the voter suppression efforts as well. These are in states where they uh, have this strict photo ID and they've put this provision in, if you can't vote because of photo ID, then you can come back within a week and show some photo ID. But that's not the case for something like uh, uh, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, uh, and so forth, as far as people who are just purged from the rolls. That's a different issue, different from the photo ID suppression. Yes, I know it's difficult to keep all track of all of this, because this is how hard the Republicans are trying to keep Americans from being able to participate in their uh, in their elections. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I know it is. It is. But that's why I drive everybody crazy about it year round. So I don't have to do it after an election. Uh, Thanks, Mark. I do appreciate the call very quick. Let's go to uh, Bob and Gardena. Hey, Bob, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, Jill Stein and the Green uh, Party had to get this thing initiated. Mm-hmm. Uh, reluctant uh, Hillary went along. And at what point, because of uh, the fact that we they've had since 2000 to fix this thing, do you uh, 
say that the uh, and it keeps going fascist, keeps going to the right every time this is done. So, at what point do you say that the Democrats are in collusion with the right wingers, and uh, that's what the empire eventually becomes? Well, I'll let you say it. You just did. Um, I'm not uh, suggesting they're in collusion when it comes to these elections. I think uh, they're in in. I, I think they're frankly, uh, Democrats are, are cowards. They're afraid. They're afraid of that uh, Brooks Brothers riot that uh, Julia mentioned uh, a few minutes ago. They're afraid of being called sore losers and conspiracy theorists. Uh, I don't find any reason to believe they're in collusion in the sense that I think you're talking about, at least not on the voting system. Uh, other stuff, corporate, uh, you know, the, the corporatization of America. Yeah, there's a lot of places where the obviously uh, Republicans and Democrats are are in cahoots. But uh, but I don't see it in this Trump. regard. What's that? We're to Trump now. So how much further to the right can you get? And uh, what have they done? Uh, what has Barry Obama done about anything? His promises, his betrayals. So it's all going to the right. And uh, whether I'm a conspiracy nut, you can say that, but it seems like it's based pretty much in factual, uh, documented situations. Okay. Thanks, Bob. I, I appreciate it. And I'm not calling you a conspiracy nut, uh, although Barry Obama. Uh, President Obama has actually done uh, quite a bit, uh, and quite a few progressive policies. As progressive as I wish they were, no. Um, but uh, you know, more progressive than you're going to see with Donald Trump. And um, you know, it would have been nice to continue pushing politicians in that direction rather than becoming the uh, the opposition, the resistance as I'm afraid much of America is going to have to become. Uh, Andrew in Santa Monica, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yeah, hey, Brad. Hey. Nice to talk with you. Um, question and an, uh, an announcement of something very positive and hopeful. Quickly, um, sir. Announcement? All right, the announcement, um, right after the election, someone went ahead and formed uh, an organization to call the Action Group Network at actiongroups.net which is organizing a nationwide network of action groups dedicated to moving the country progressively forward in the wake of the election. And they're encouraging the formation of ground-up ground community-based action groups. Excellent. And already it's, it's, it's only been up, so that's actiongroups.net. Okay. And they've already covered uh, most of the states. Forty-eight states already have people signed up. Actiongroups.net. Excellent. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, did you have a, a question on the election? Because I um, got a, uh, up against a break here. Okay. And, and But tonight, the first L.A. organizing meeting is tonight. Right. People want to get started. All right. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the call. Let me get to uh, – I'm sorry because i got to get through a bunch of people and get to a break here. Ivy in L.A. Uh, welcome to the broadcast, Ivy. Hi. Um, I know for a fact. I was an observant during this past election. And L.A. County counts every single provisional ballot. Mm -hmm. L.A. is huge. If L.A. can do it, because we're literally bigger than a lot of the states. Right. If L.A. can do it. Well, Any other place can do well, it. everybody, Ivy, everybody, everybody counts provisional ballots. Every uh, provisional ballot and absentee ballot is uh, either counted or consider, uh, considered for counting. A lot of people think that, oh, they only count these ballots in close elections. Not so. They count them in every election. Now, they don't include in the provisional ballots. They don't count every single one of them because the idea is they have to go and check and make sure the person is properly registered, etc. But 
They I count like in theory. Uh, I know all 50 states do, except for those that, you know, game it and don't really want to count them. But legally, that's what they're supposed to do. Uh, and in theory, that is what they do. And uh, hopefully they'll be looking at those provisional ballots in Wisconsin, Michigan and uh, right. and Pennsylvania. Yeah, I hope they do, because I, I witnessed the, the how hard all these individuals work mm-hmm. on every single ballot, yeah. every single one. Very good. The- to addresses, to everything. And to be honest with you, I am honestly proud to live in Los Angeles County. And to know that if I have to use a provisional ballot, my ballot will be reviewed to make sure that it is that it is an actual uh, yep. uh, legal and binding uh, ballot. Gotcha. I can't say that about other places. Well, it should. Well, and that's why uh, citizens are needed to oversee elections. Why we don't just trust anyone in a, in an election. It's not about trust. It's about oversight. Our system, our constitution, is built on checks and balances. And when people are fighting to keep us from having those checks and balances, then I got a problem with it. And yeah, then we do have that rightward lurch towards fascism. And when it becomes impossible for Americans to simply find out, to simply know for certain how they voted in a presidential election, which is going to affect not just this nation for the next four years, depending on who's in the White House, but this uh, nation and this world, this planet for generations due to the Supreme Court. When all we want to do is, hey, let's take the ballots, put them in a pile and count the goddamn things so we can all know, so humans can know when you've got all of the top uh, computer scientists in the world begging for this to happen. Not just, you know, me, not just some guy on the radio, some guy with a blog, not just some uh, what somebody called themselves a conspiracy nut. But the, the top, the world-class computer scientists and uh, security experts and voting system experts are begging America to count its b- votes by actual human beings. And I'm going to continue to join them in that fight. A quick break, and we're back with uh, Desi Doy and the Green News Report. Maybe some more calls. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. Don't go away. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Yes, it matters. It matters. Yeah, just a little. It matters. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you know, so, well, I'm not going to apologize for driving you crazy, and it may be a short drive, but this matters, damn it. Uh, hey, Desi Doyen. Hey. You matter, too. Thanks. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I think so. Uh, let's go. Well, I guess we got to go. All right, we'll yeah. get to our, our Tennessee update after we get to this, our latest Green News report. 
This is a fight not only against this pipeline, but this is a fight for justice and, and for uh, self-determination as indigenous people. U.S. Army Corps of Engineers issues eviction notice to Dakota Access Pipeline protest camp. Five people injured tonight, four of them transported here to the burn unit where they're said to be in critical condition. U.S. Chemical Safety Board investigating third oil refinery fire in two days. Extreme water shortages caused by drought trigger state of emergency in Bolivia. Developing nations vow to switch to 100% renewable energy. Plus, federal judge rules a stable climate is a constitutional right. All of those rulings and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. No one has a right to make decisions that affect billions of people based on solely ideology or without proper input. Oh, hello, Secretary of State John Kerry. Please meet President Donald Trump. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, while the rest of the nation and the nation's media have been consumed with the election and the fallout, the indigenous peoples of the Standing Rock Sioux tribe up in North Dakota have been staring down water cannons in freezing cold temperatures. And now, uh, much worse. Yes, it's true. Up in North Dakota, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers has issued an eviction notice to the protest camp against the Dakota Access Pipeline near the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation, announcing it will close public access to areas it controls near the project by December 5th, which several have noted is General Custer's birthday. Mm. The Army Corps said it supports the right to free speech, but seeks to protect the general public from the harsh North Dakota winter and, quote, from the violent confrontations between protesters and law enforcement officials. But they're not forcing the company to leave the lands. They're forcing the people who live there to leave the lands. That's right. In an interview with Al Jazeera, indigenous activist Dallas Goldtooth vowed they will stay. There's a large number of folks that are dedicated to standing their ground. I mean, we have moral rights on our side. We have treaty rights on our side. Um, And this is a fight not only against this pipeline, but this is a fight for justice and and for uh, self-determination as indigenous people. Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Chairman David Archambault responded to the Corps' notice, saying, quote, the best way to protect people during the winter and reduce the risk of conflict between water protectors and militarized police is to deny the easement for the Oahe crossing and deny it now. Any word on the protester who may have lost her arm after being uh, hit with a concussion grenade reportedly by uh, police up there. She is in stable condition and facing multiple surgeries in hopes of saving her arm. So it may be saved. Yes. Well, there's some good news. In Louisiana. Four people in the burn unit tonight after a fire at the ExxonMobil refinery in Baton Rouge still under investigation. The U.S. Chemical Safety Board is now investigating an ExxonMobil refinery fire last week that severely burned four refinery workers in Baton Rouge. The incident was the third refinery fire in two days along the Gulf Coast. In a statement on Twitter, CSB Chairman Vanessa Sutherland said, quote, the CSB has investigated too many incidents at refineries across the country, noting that 12,000 schools in the U.S. are within a mile of a hazardous chemical facility. 
In South America, the nation of Bolivia has declared a state of emergency due to severe drought, which has caused water shortages across much of the country amid the worst drought in 25 years that has shrunk the mountain glaciers that feed its three primary reservoirs, which have nearly run dry. In Australia, researchers have mapped the unprecedented extent of coral reef die-off along the Great Barrier Reef. They found an average of 67 percent of the corals have died along a 400-mile stretch of the northern part of the reef, caused by an extended stretch of high ocean temperatures. But a small bit of good news, the researchers say along the central and southern portions of the reef, the loss of corals was much, much less severe. On the last day of the United Nations Climate Conference in Morocco last week, representatives from 47 of the world's most disadvantaged nations pledged to shift to 100% renewable energy by 2050 to generate all of their future energy needs. Members of the Climate Vulnerable Forum, which includes Bangladesh, Ethiopia, and Haiti, pledged to fully green their economies between 2030 and 2050. Finally, in Oregon, a federal judge has ruled that a stable climate is a fundamental constitutional right. U.S. District Court Judge Ann Aiken last week ruled that a lawsuit brought by 21 children and young adults can go forward against the federal government for failing to act on climate change. In her groundbreaking decision, Judge Aiken wrote that not only do the kids have standing to sue the federal government for inaction, but also preliminarily found that a safe climate is a right backed by the Constitution. Great news until the case makes its way to the Donald Trump Supreme Court. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, or iTunes. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Well, the kids will hopefully be all right. Well, we, I don't know. Desi, you've got uh, this uh, wild, these wildfires down in uh, uh, yes. Tennessee. Tennessee, outside of Great Smoky Mountains National Park, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, which is the gateway, uh, engulfed in flames, essentially. It's a wildfire that's been driven by high winds. It also brought tornadoes, which has helped spread the fire. Um, mm. Some rain has helped, but um, seven people now dead. They've been seven people now is what we're up to. Yeah. They've been uh, in, in drought uh, uh, climate change-fueled drought down there for a while. Uh, I guess it's a good thing those seven people were uh, killed by climate change instead of ISIS, because then uh, Donald Trump uh, doesn't have to do anything about it. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen, our producer. Also, my thanks to our board operator today, G, to all of the callers who rang in. My apologies to those I couldn't get to. Uh, and uh, those who uh, reached out on Twitter, where I am the Brad Blog, also at Facebook, I am the Brad Blog. You can drop me an email if you like. I'm Bradcast at bradblog.com. And we'll be back with you, same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow on the Bradcast. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.